You are now tuned into FNL Radio. Run for cover. You are now rocking with Doc and Monique on Offenau Radio. Hey, 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 what is up, everybody? Welcome to the season thirteen premiere of FNL Radio. Yes, yes. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Doc. Thank you for your patience while getting this new season together. I know it's been a while since there's been the FNL Radio. Shout out to my co-host, my side partner, Monique. She has always been holding it down with me on FNL Radio since 2015 or 14. Was it 14? It's been a long time now. I believe it was 14. Yeah, it was 2014. Because I remember the snowstorm I had to go through to interview Monique for the position on this show. And damn it, she better have gotten this position because me to go in that snowstorm, at that time I had my Purple Rain. Yeah, I had Purple Rain at the time, which is my convertible that y'all probably know about if y'all follow me long enough on social media. Y'all know I had a car named Purple Rain. It was a Chrysler Sebring 1998 purple convertible and that was my heart that car was my my everything <laughs> but um to go through that snowstorm in newport news or hampton wherever she was yeah she was in hampton at the time because i would not have been in newport news hell when i have been in hampton but you know i don't be out there in the peninsula past 5 p.m especially during daylight savings time but <laughs> um, monique has been rocking with me since 2014 so i gotta get my flowers to monique thank you so much i know you're still itching for that google check it will come one day in the form of a gift card. <laughs> but um, Monique has been busy as well doing her thing as far as, you know, just bossing up in life. So she's going to be on the show real soon, everybody. I promise you that. It's been a minute since we've done the episode of FNL Radio. The last episode that we recorded for FNL was in March. And y'all have still, even to this day, it could be old episodes dating back to, ooh, whenever. And y'all still run those numbers up. So thank you so much for rocking with fnl radio for as long as you all have been doing it and following on social media and again just being thank you for being just supportive of the show which i began to i have to always say this kind of talk my shit for myself but when i started fnl radio in 2009 that was me just being like okay i want to do this live and i had in my head it was me and my homie chris um who's my first co-host on the show we started this together and i just remember i was saying look we already talk our shit about music and entertainment news already over the phone and just by having conversation because again i was in college in philly he was in va at norfolk state so that was the only form of communication at the time was just over the phone all the time at the 9 p.m granted because the free weekends free nights it was very real on cell phone plans back in the day but we would talk about just everything music and entertainment news related and i just thought why not let people into those conversations we had you know social media wasn't really popping at that time there was myspace of course facebook was here but only more so for like college students at that time remember facebook was actually a classy place back in the day but now it was like okay let's just have our moment and just talk on the air and let's just be crazy and just be our authentic crazy 
ratchet so you know opinionated souls and that's what we did and friday night live every friday night at 11 p.m or 10 p.m depending on the time frame we'll be on blog talk radio and we'll be just talking just giving our opinions on everything and just talking about music that got so like underground low-key big in a sense where people reaching out to us like okay can you play this song on the show can you market this can you do that because we we got numbers i'm gonna say that we got numbers so it was a lot of people that wanted to put their stuff on and we kind of targeted to an audience that wasn't really out there like that where you didn't have people who were really geared towards doing this type of podcast well it wasn't a podcast at the time because the podcasts at that moment were more so npr type stuff or sports talk or you know religion or politics talk and everything like that but for us to be on that platform on blog talk radio and to really be kind of one of the first to do something of this nature where wasn't it wasn't you know it wasn't a real radio show on terrestrial radio it was us on the online and it was my radio show it was my baby and it was live and it was fun and it was everything and we had a lot of fun crazy times on the show and that's why i still do it to this day because it's the one thing that I can just have fun with after it could be stressful days for work or it could be just a lot going on family-wise or, you know, nowadays there's a lot of deaths that could be happening and just things of that nature and, you know, life changes and everything like that. But this is the one thing where I could always just know I'm going to have fun and just laugh and hopefully bring a bright spot to you all's day as well. The Doc Report has now relaunched into a podcast so the, the doc report podcast which you can also find here on the fnl radio network channel on your, your favorite platforms where you can stream the shows which is apple podcast spotify anchor pandora iHeartRadio, google i'm pretty sure i'm in some other places too but wherever you listen to your podcast at the doc report podcast is on there as well and it's been a fun a journey with that too because the doc report podcast is completely separate from fnl radio where i'm just talking real talk about just different topics could be relationships love mental health situationships everything under the sun and so that's what i love about that website or that's what i love about that podcast because i'm bringing the doc report brand back but in a different way where you get to really know who i am as well so if you want to check out the doc report podcast check it out here on the fnl network channel as well people to listen to my thoughts and my stories on my life <laughs> so this first episode of fnl radio is going to be dedicated to one of the albums that kind of just was one of my soundtracks of my freshman year of college 15 years ago at the Art Institute to the philadelphia shout out to all my fellow Institute to the philadelphia alumni and everything like that now i'm going to actually i spoke about it recently when i did friday night live express which is going to be like a different version of Friday Night Live or FNL Radio. It's bringing that back that live aspect on Friday nights on AMP, though. You got to download the AMP app, AMP, which is Amazon's uh, streaming service for podcasts or live radio shows. So that will be starting again real soon. But I did one episode of it, and it was pretty just pretty much just my like my celebration of my anniversary of being a freshman in college 15 years ago. And I played some songs on that show, which pretty much highlighted my college year, my freshman year. And so I t played Jay-Z's Rock Boys. I played Chris Brown's 
Kiss Kiss. I played select other songs that came out in 2007 when I started my freshman year from September 2007 all the way until, or October 2007 all the way till June 2008. And this, and so I'm gonna be doing actually, I wanna start a series of shows here on FNL that's gonna highlight some of those albums that really defined my freshman year of college and also define the introduction of the DocuPort the next year in 2008 during my freshman year as well. But this one album that really stood out to me that was pretty much the highlight of my freshman year, one of the highlights of my freshman year, one of the highlight albums of my freshman year is Britney Spears' Blackout album. Now, the Blackout album from Britney was one of a kind at that time because Britney was going through a lot in between the time frame when she was releasing or when she released the In The Zone album in November 2003. She would go on the next year in 2004 to marry old boy. And then she would have to cancel the tour because of the knee injury, cancel the Outrageous video, which, you know what? I'm going to get my opinion on Outrageous real quick. Now, Outrageous, it was produced and written by Robert Sylvester. Y'all know him as R. Kelly. That was one of my favorite songs off the In The Zone album, not gonna lie. And I was happy that it was gonna be a single. And I was sad that the video got canceled, they had to uh, cancel the rest of the video because of the knee injury. But at the same time, I know we're in a, you know, in a space where, and we talked about it here on the show too before, where Robert Sylvester, especially during the Surviving R. Kelly situation, is like, that do you still play his songs? Or is it still okay to play the songs that he wrote and produced because it's not him per se, but it's him behind the scenes? So it's a lot of that back and forth conflict in your mind of what to do, but that's one that's one of my favorite songs though. But anywho, um between that time frame when that all that happened, this released the greatest system, my prerogative album. Then the original doll album was she was recording was supposed to come out in 2005, but she had gotten pregnant in 05 and 06 but then 06 she was really starting to record what would end up being the blackout album and then she would divorce old boy and then 2007 that's when you know britney's on the loose you know she's single mother now but she's still gonna have fun now she's still young y'all can remember britney was still in her 20s in her mid 20s so it's like she should still be able to have fun you know it's no judgment or no type of issue when regular young mothers out here who have their kids go out and do their thing and whatnot but because Britney was such under a microscope because she did come out in 1998 as the pop princess as the all-american girl and everything like that that was super relatable and that was just so southern and so sweet and so charming and everything like that so to see her hanging with Lindsay Lohan and um, Paris Hilton which that was like the dynamic trio at the time <laughs> and then her hang out with you know going to all these parties and everything like that and so it's speculation is she doing drugs this is this is that and then of course in 2008 and further would know the conservatorship and the whole illegal operation of Britney at that time that they was fucking with her and everything but you know that's not an episode for another day so but in between all the craziness the head shaving and everything like that and the paparazzi always after her she created one of the most epic pop albums of all time. Like when you even look at the album and just look at the back of it. So Britney albums back then didn't really used to say anything of who was the executive producer. But you can kind of tell the executive producers was probably her management at the time, Lady Rudolph or Johnny Wright from back in the early albums or maybe someone at Jive or something like that. But this was the first album where it said 
and the executive producer was listening on the album. And guess who the executive producer was on this album? Britney Spears herself, just her, solo, dolo, no one else. So that tells you she really had to go and she put the work into this album. And this was the album that she was super proud of, you can tell. Because even when you go to the circus tour the next year, 2009, when she started the circus tour, circus was the album that tour was supposed to support. She only, she did majority blackout songs and not a lot of the circus album songs. So that just tells you she had a soft spot in her heart for the blackout album. And... It's, again, it was during a crazy time that she may, you know, want to always forget about or just grew from and everything like that. But at the same time, she released some great music from that time frame. And so I remember when the Blackout album or the era was starting to really take form when Gimme More leaked and then the opening line came on. So when Get Me More came out and it's Britney bitch was to open the line, I was like, okay. And then that dun, 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 I was like, oh, this is hidden. And that was Danger. Shout out to the 757, Danger from this area, from Virginia Beach. And when he did that, that was like, oh, 
he 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 he's hitting right now. This is it. Cause we knew Danger more so from being on the behind the scenes, like second man, kind of sort of main man, but on credits, second man to Timberland on a lot of productions, whether it was the um Justin Timberlake Future Sets Love Songs album, or if it was whoever he was working with at that time, Timberland as a solo artist and Carrie Hilson or whoever he was working with. It was all this pretty much he was just like the the behind the scenes man, but he was really the main guy. But because it was Timberland and under his production, it was like, you know, you gotta put Timberland at the spearhead because he is the the main one at the time. He's the main guy that everyone knows. And then also another shout out to Catherine McPhee's album. Danger did a lot of songs on Catherine, Catherine McPhee's album. Y'all don't know if y'all remember her, but she was on American Idol one of those seasons with Taylor Hicks. And she, I think she was runner up or something, or third runner or something that, of that nature. But her album was actually really good too, because Danger put his hand on that album as well. Remember Danger, that was Danger, Danger Hands. That was his production name at the time, Danger Hands. Anywho, so Danger worked on the song, Give Me More. You had Kerry Hilson on the credits as a writer. Um, Jim Beans, vocal producer extraordinaire, songwriter extraordinaire, production extraordinaire. Like, he's that guy. And shout out to him on social media now. You know, he be thirst trapping and whatnot, but he be out here still doing his thing and whatnot. You had the incredible Lago behind the scenes on the mixing as well. So it was a lot of great hands on that song and then which would end up being the rest of the album. The rest of that Blackout album ended up being probably like six or seven songs that Danger did. And they were all incredible songs too. Like songs that really were so different for Britney and different for pop music at that time. Because yeah, Timberland and Justin did the thing with Future, like Future Sets Love Sounds. And of course there was Danger in between on those songs as well. But for Danger to be the sole focal producer, get the most songs out of the album on Blackout and then pretty much curated that sound that would evolutionize Britney in a different way. It just was like magic. And also the thing too, I gotta shout out 757 again because Britney has a good working relationship with a lot of producers from the Hampton Roads area. Pharrell and Chad, the Neptunes, I'm a Slave For You, Boys. When Pharrell did Why Should I Be Sad on this album? And then of course, Danger. So. It's like she has a good connection. The only person she hasn't worked with yet is Timbaland. And we don't know if that's going to ever work because remember Timbaland talked stuff about her back in the day too because he's on Justin's side and everything like that. And then of course, Britney loves Missy. Missy loves Britney too. So that will always be a good mashup one day too if Britney and Missy ever work together. That would be super dope as fuck too. And I also cannot forget about Corte Ellis, the bro Corte. He is from the 757 too. Missy's cousin as well. And he wrote Get Back and he wrote Get Naked. Two classes on the album too. And so shout out to Corte. He's been doing this for a long time. Back the Soul Diggers days. Let's take it back to that day. <laughs> but anyways, Get Back was initially supposed to be the lead single. The one and only. Britney. Yeah. Yeah. You ready, B? <laughs> I think you're ready. One, two, three, four, 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 four. Uh. Oh no, here we go. Catch me if you can. Jump 
So mind you, what I love about Get Back is Britney's delivery on there is crazy, but then also that production. It's like this video game type shit, and it's just futuristic bounces and pings, it's everything. And that's what I love about Get Back, and that should have been a single too. That definitely been a crazy choreography to see. Even if Britney was to bring that back one day, and she's full on choreography with it, Get Back would be that joint. At that time, there were a lot of reports saying she was shooting a video for the song called Get Back. Remember, there was the scene of her in the black with the funeral outfit. She was walking down the street, down the alleys and whatnot. And then the scope of the video was supposed to be like an Elvis impersonator. It was supposed to be like this death scene where she pretty much killing her old self or something. It was like a whole lot that was going on for what was supposed to happen for the music video. And then it ended up becoming Get uh, Give Me More. And then... When the Give Me More video ended up coming out, we just saw Britney stripping and, well, not stripping, what she's on the pole, what she was stripping in the video, but it, it was a stripper pole in the video, and it was just like her with the pole. I always say the Britney with the blonde hair and the two friends at the bar, that was blonde Britney judging black hair Britney, because, you know, black hair Britney was completely different. You know, blonde hair Britney was pristine, very classy and everything, but then you see black hair Britney on the pole, you know, talking about giving me more, taking the vest off and showing the boobies with the tassel, with the, uh, with the pasties and whatnot. It was like, oh, okay, that's Britney judging the new Britney. Okay, I see this. In my mind, at least, that's why I think, I still think that blonde Britney was judging blonde, black hair Britney. But, the the video ended up coming out. Remember, it premiered on iTunes, and it was end of September. It premiered on iTunes, and I remember there was a report saying, "Oh, this is just the iTunes version, but the real music video with all the stuff that was shot is going to come out on TRL." Lo and behold, TRL comes on a few days later. It's the same version from iTunes. So then it was also I think someone was saying, "Oh, it's going to come out at a different time or something like that," or the video just got completely scrapped because. It was technical issues or something of that nature happened. But we never got that video until like probably a few years later ago, a few years ago actually, where they had like the scenes cut in and stuff like that from the streets and the unreleased footage and everything like that. And it would, it would have been cute, but it's we still got to see the rest of the video that was supposed to come out. It's still a mystery as to where's the rest of this video and where's the director. Can we find a director for him to give us a real play-by-play -play of what the video was supposed to be? Same with Dave Myers in the Outrageous video. I just wanted to see if Dave Myers could just give us at least the real play-by-play -play what the video was supposed to be about because we never got the full video. So I, I, that, But the Give Me More video was very interesting because this was a whole completely different type of Britney experience as far as music videos are concerned. You know, with Britney's, we used to 
big budget music videos we're used to full-out choreography we're used to just highlight moments and everything like that but this video was just like one big highlight performance moment because it was just her the vest and the stripper pole and the two dancers and it was just like wow this is this is really new and the sound was completely new for Britney too so it was just like wow everything is just completely different in a good way though it was weird but in a good way and I remember too music choice had their own version of the video where you actually see more of the booby in the video more of the jiggajahs more of the tits and tots so it was just again a whole different thing than the piece of me video came out the break the ice video radar was supposed to be a single hot as ice was supposed to be a single too which t-pain wrote on which i still to this day that's my shit and i wish that was a single too because and the t-pain songs too t-pain did two songs for britney as well two additional songs in addition to writing um hot as ice which was written by um t-pain and produced by danger he did another song was one song called boyfriend he did another song too um it starts with a O. I i can't remember the name of it though but that would have been dope too to have those t-pain songs out too because they are they were label mates on both on drive records so it just made sense And again, it was a lot of great records on this album. And the Gimme More video has gone down in history. The VMA performance, there was a lot behind that too. We saw the rehearsal footage. We know it would have been banging. But for whatever reason, stuff was taken out at the end of the performance. There was the magic act that Chris Angel was supposed to be a part of was taken out. And then we just got what we got on the VMAs. But you see the rehearsal footage, you see Britney was in it. So I don't know, maybe it was nerves that got to the stage when she got to the stage and everything like that and the performance ended up being what it was at that time but it was still iconic in a way too and this is why i really think britney really be trolling even on her instagram today i know britney be trolling because she'd be like okay people want to talk shit i'm gonna give them something to talk shit about because i know if i was in that position i would troll the fuck out of y'all too because you want to talk shit about me all the time say this and that i'm gonna give you my truth but now i'm gonna troll you too and I know Britney is trolling the fuck out of y'all. I just know it. Yeah, 
But it was really something about the edginess of Britney with the black hair on the Black Hour album. I mean, even the album artwork, if you stack this album next to Britney's albums, even I hate to say that damn Glory album, that damn screenshot they used from the damn music video. The second music video they had to shoot for it because they didn't want to use the David LaChapelle version. Then we saw the David LaChapelle um, artwork that he did for the Glory album on the Deluxe Edition. We saw that was miles way better than anything they tried to do with that shit. So, such a shame, shitty album cover for a beautiful album from Glory. But we got redemption when Britney was able to release the version of the album artwork that David LaChapelle did. Still waiting for that Make Me video that David LaChapelle did as well. Not the leaked version, but at least cleaned up tailored version of it anywho but again that this album artwork up to britney's albums and blackout just stands out like the the design team at jive records was shitty at the time but i mean they made what what they did you know it was pretty okay the font was legendary was, you know reminds me of soul train i don't know y'all y'all know soul train but the font for soul train that old soul train shows back in the day back in the 90s the font reminds me of Soul Train. It's a very urban-esque feel. And then also we know the picture with the hat and the um, tutu and everything like that. That you, this was the album. This was this picture was the single cover for Give Me More. Then this was used for the other promos for the album. There was another picture in here that was used for promos for the album. Hella times with the same hat and with the little razzle dazzle with the little bejewels on it. And so again, this was like just everything like the album artwork even if you look on the inside they use some of the stills from the give me more video but then they also had these pictures with her with the priest and everything which was controversial 
you know, they love controversy. There's just anything is controversial, but it's just like, she was just taking a picture. Like, it was sexy as hell. And then she had the picture on the motorcycle. There was another picture, too. I remember they were saying there was hell for this video shoot, too. Jive wanted her to put on the blonde wig, but she said, fuck it. And her and Ellen Von Unworth, who was a photographer, went and did this absolutely amazing photo shoot. And there, and there was one video picture, too. I remember they said there was a picture in here that was done last minute. And I can tell this was one of the last pictures they did for the album. Because the last, if you see the last two pictures in the back of the album artwork, in the album book, in the hair is different. It's more brown as opposed to the black. And so I feel like that was like one of the last pictures she had to shoot real quick for the album. But anyways, the album, it gets this dark feel to it, but it's still light in a way. And that's what she wanted to do with this album with the Piece of Me video when I go circle back around the Piece of Me. It was autobiographical in a way. But she didn't want the rest of the album to really be autobiographical. She wanted the album to really just be a relatable album for young girls at that time or just young people in general at that time. Young females, men, whoever you are. She wanted the album to be relatable because that was the college years for everyone. That was her college years. So this was the party album. This was the album about sex. This was the album about love and, you know, feeling good and stuff like that. This was about all of, that, all of those things. And she really delivered on this album and in a way too black out the title was, was talking about blacking out negativity and it, she didn't want it to really focus on her life but one song in particular at the end of the album and it was perfect how it became the end of the album too it was perfect how it was the ending track i'm talking about why should i be sad produced by mr pharrell williams
written by Mr. Pharrell Williams of the 757 of Virginia Beach. And I remember when the demo came out when it was called Stupid Things and I played the shadow that my big brother Rel, who is super influenced by the Neptunes as well. I remember I would always play the song, that song, and I would always play the song um, Sugarfall. And I was telling like, yo, like, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for the Neptunes. I love the Neptunes as well. Like the Neptunes are my favorite, one of my favorite producers, my production duos of all time. And so, and Pharrell just one of my favorite fellow Aries too. But I was this always listening to the song. Just I would just study the song. I would study the beat. I would study the background of it. One thing too about Britney and the Neptunes when it comes to their work together, Britney's background vocals are always underrated. People don't really give Britney her shout out for her background vocals and harmonies that she had to do on the Neptune songs because the songs that she did with Neptunes are just solely her vocals. There's no other background producers or anything like that. It's just, I mean, background vocalist, it's just her. And so she really be getting you little stuff in the back that you don't really pay attention to, but she really be delivering. And so this is like one of my favorite songs because it was different from the Neptunes and what they did with Britney is completely not like I'm Stay For You. It's completely different from Boys, completely different from Boys to Coet remix. It's more mellow, it's more fluid, it's more just like, it's slower and it's, it feels good, it's just like a little bop. And then same thing with Sugarfall.
it's just mid-tempo, not heavy dancing and, then, and nothing like that. It's just real smooth and it just, Britney and Pharrell really complement each other well. That's why I'm hoping too, if Britney ever goes back to doing music where she wants to do another album, the two producers, well, it's three producers that really get her, honestly, truly. Shout out to Andrew and the Scammer. But Danger, Pharrell, and Rodney Jerkins. Those are the three producers who always give Britney something and then they always elevate it to different levels too. To where you don't always hear the same music with them all the time. They give you something different all the time. So I would, if Britney ever does an album again, those are the three producers I would want her to work with. Because they just bring out something in her. Um, that's different. They give you an urban moment, but they also give you that pop moment. But it's still edgy. It's still cool. And still gonna make you dance. Still gonna make you feel good. Still gonna make you, you know, just, just feel, just feel good. Danger.
right, so let's talk about Get Naked. One of my favorite songs on the album, again, produced by Danger, written by Corte Ellis. But it was a complete different song for Britney, just structure-wise, as far as having Danger on the hook and then having this little rap in between the song, too. And it reminds me of Monifa. So Monifa has a song called Touch It. I don't know where that song was my shit. I was like nine years old when that song came out. It was a big hit for Monifa. And it was a big hit like on TRL and the pop charts and everything like that too. But, and, this, and, this, and that's such a dirty ass song. Shout out to Jack Knight. But that's a, a, such a filthy song, low key. <laughs> but it's still like, it, Touch It reminds me of Get Naked. Or Get Naked reminds me of Touch It. And so I, I did a mashup of it probably five years ago for the 10th anniversary of Black Eye, I believe it was. And I did like this little, produced this little mashup of it. So you can hear the similarities in it and how it fits each structure of it too, bits together. And so that was a little fun thing to do because it always reminded me of that for so long and I finally was able to do it. Then I want to go back real quick too to Toy Soldier. So Toy Soldier that Sean Gary and Blush Avant did. And shout out to the clutch too. Britney worked with the clutch, JQ, Candace Nelson, and everyone. They worked on Radar. They worked on Freak Show. Toy Soldier though, it's like I that one I wanted that to be a single too. I wanted to see a video for that. Like it was just this gritty kind of different feel, Britney Soccer shit on that song too. The Brent I heard I always thought that was Fee talking. But I see Britney don't fuck her feet right now. Um, per her recent Instagram post about those documentaries. <laughs> but it but it was a really good song though. It was like that was the shit. Toy Soldier was the shit, honestly. And Radar is the gift that kept on giving because Radar was supposed to be a single, but they couldn't it was at the time Jeff Regis used to contract songs to be singles. So to make a deal with the producers, you had to contract the song that's guaranteed to be a single. So that's why Outrageous was the guaranteed song that was supposed to be a single off of In The Zone because of the fact that it was for their label artist, R. Kelly. And then also, it was supposed to, first, it was supposed to be the first single. And when Britney changed it to me against the music, it was still obligated to be a single. That's why I was pushed off as the fourth and last single off the well, ended up being the last single eventually. But it was the last single because it was a contract the single. It had to be a single. Same with Radar. So because Radar was in the Black Eyed Era was cut short, Radar ended up being the bonus track on the Circus album.
and I can't let you get away. But also, Break the Ice is one of my favorite songs too. Now, Break the Ice, another dangerous production, but it's, it reminds me of like Say It Right. It's like Britney's version of Say It Right as far as production is concerned. But Britney also says it's been a while and she had her Janet moment, just like her Janet song on this album. This really gives you Janet all up and through. Even with the break, which that I like this part, it feels good. The original version of Break the Ice before when it leaked had a dance break in there. But then the remixed version, not remixed, but the polished up version for the album had more of a, like this intergalactic futuristic sound that just drew you in. So in the video, it was a good video too. The anime, every, you know, aspect of the video, the animation and everything. We still never got it to be continued though. Remember the video said to be continued. It was this whole thing too. Remember they had the break the ice party and all of this with the website, the countdown for an animated video, but Again, that was their way of promoting it at Jive Records because Britney wasn't doing promo at the time and she was stuck in the conservatorship. A good single, like Break the Ice is really that the shit. And the remix was fabulous as well, which was supposed to be a single. The remix was fabulous, was supposed to be released. But again, the blackout era got cut short and then the fabulous video, that was supposed to be a video for the one was fabulous as well, but it never came out because of everything got cut short. And so I wish that would have happened too. Cause that was a really good song too, a really good remix as well. It's been a while. Well, let's give them what they've been waiting for, baby. I know I shouldn't have kept you waiting. It's low, so in case you ain't know so. But I'm here it's now. Brittany. And I'm worth they wait. I can show up on the first day late. Anybody else on the earth may hate. They can blow me like candles on a birthday cake. <laughs> Go ahead, make a wish. Names like yours never make the list. Player like me gotta make a switch. That LA purple is Lakerish, so Lakerish. And I'm high like Kobe. And that spider, I look Toby. Maguire, nope, I'm a liar. Party promo, I'm just flyer. to remixes too for the album everyone and their mama would remix give me more yeah the homemade ti version that they put out there they matched up ti's verses from bring them out they had a matched up version that lil wayne did but the official ones that wrote out lil mama did a remix because she was on drive records as well but lil mama did a nice little remix to give me more then though kim did the kimmy more remix for her um it was one of her mistakes she was releasing at that time, but she did a remix version of it, of Gimme More. She lent her voice to it. And then it became a single that Jive Records released it uh, digitally to be purchased in the stream. But again, it was this different thing about Britney at the time 
which is connected to a lot of different audiences. Again, you just saw Britney's audience just ranges from so many different people when I saw people buying the album. Like, but when um, Slave Few came out, I remember I went to New York, like my family went to New York, and I remember it was blasting on Hot 97. I was like, oh shit. I remember Boys Court Remix. I went to Philly. It was on. Boys Court Remix was actually only getting urban radio play. And some on rhythmic, but mostly on urban. And I remember it was on this one station. It was 100.3 The Beat, but it was another station in Philly that was close to it. It was an urban, it was an R&B station, it was an urban station, an urban mainstream station, and Boys Court Remix was played on there. And so the Black Eyed album really had that urban feel to it, it had the R&B feel to it, it had the hip hop feel to it, it had that dance, it had that pop, it had that electronic, it had everything mixed in the dubstep. All this eclecticness into one album made it the standard album that it is today. often think about that the album almost never happened or I feel like had it leaked all the way like it was doing like it leaked all all up and through that summer of 2007 so for Jive to still put the album out that the producers go back and really polish it because the songs that the versions that leaked out were demo versions so when you listen to the demo version compared to the polished versions that's on the album release completely different the album was supposed to release in November, but because more leaks are still happening, they pushed the album up to October. And so it was still like confusion as to, okay, is Britney gonna promote the album other than the VMA performance? She did her little three minute interview on the radio with, through a phone call with um, Ryan Seacrest on Kiss FM. But it was just like, oh, this is so different. Britney's not promoting this album at all. Like, this is weird. We're used to Britney on talk shows here and there. We're used to performances on different talk shows. But Britney ain't doing shit. But this is an example of let the music speak for itself. Take the artist out of the music aspect of it. Take the person out of it. But just focus on the music. And that's exactly what this album did. It focused on the music. And I think that's why the album was so highly regarded to where it is. Because it was all about the music. Take away Britney's personal struggles that were going on at the time. It, you're just so immersed in the music that you don't even think about any other stuff. You just think of the art. And I think that's what's so important. I think that's what was a prime example of what Blackout was intended to be and what it ended up being. It was all about just the music. It's all about the art. And the talented people that worked on that album, again, the producers who worked on there, the writers, you know, Carrie Hilson. Like, for me, I've known about Carrie Hilson for a minute, like, as a songwriter and everything. I have always knew about Carrie Hilson. 
but this is like a, and Carrie had some hits too when she had been for other people but this is like the step up of a big moment for Carrie because this is a major pop artist that you're writing for and Carrie did her thing on the Black Eyed album as a songwriter on some of those songs and same with the production from Danger again Danger was always behind the scenes of Timbaland and he had done some stuff solo wise as a producer for other artists but they weren't like big things but for this to be like the big mainstream moment where you really got to show your ass off Danger did that on this album Danger on these seven songs really did the damn thing and that's why it's like yo it could have been all produced by Danger and you get so many different flavors of production from Danger even when you go to the Circus album when he did Blur and Kill the Lights two completely different songs it shows you that he could really do a full ass album with Britney and it could be any different type of tone meaning message vibe whatever he will deliver on any occasion and that's what I love about this project about the circ- about the Blackout album and then going to the Neptunes to Pharrell basically him being autobiographical and writing Britney's life in that song and just giving enough to where it's not exploiting her or anything like that but it's just to the point of this is what's going on and this is the information I want you to know her mainstays at that time Bloodshine Avant they took it to another level with the production, with the structure of songs and the writing and everything. So it, it was a lot of different things. Some of the new producers she worked with as well on here. J.R. Rodham, who did, you remember they had a little situation, they dated for like a little moment, but J.R. Rodham also was, he did SOS for Rihanna, but then J.R. Rodham also was doing Kevin Federline's album, but then after Britney and Kevin broke up, then J.R. and Britney started dating for a little moment, and then they did Everybody and some other songs too, but never see the light of day on those. There was a song that Britney was rapping on or something, and it was a song that she was talking about pretty much. I forgot the name of the song, but it was a song where she was talking about like the spotlight and everything like that. It was an article about it on MTV News too back in the day.
and, and this not even the songs that she did for what was supposed to be the original doll album there was hella songs from those sessions that she did too so again it just shows you the way that britney was really into this album into this music into this production and like everything she, person that she was going through she put it into her music she put it into the work ethic into the music and she wanted it to be the best and i don't think that britney realized how much of an impact she made on this album and if you listen to the glory album the glory album is like that child of in the zone and blackout like in the zone and blackout had a baby together the album is glory even coupe electrically on the end of the album on the deluxe edition of um glory that means blackout in french and she's singing that song in complete french so it's like she paid a march to blackout in that way so it's always need that room too because that was the last song on her studio album that she's released and that album was 2016 so it gives you that hope that one day maybe that will lead into another album that's like a blackout part two but more upbeat more you know more up not uplifting in a way but like just like the light like if ariana grande didn't have a song called the light is coming on the um sweetener album that would have been the perfect album title for Britney. If this was supposed to be like a part two to Blackout, if she ever did one, The Light Is Coming would have been the perfect title. That's just me saying it. It's written everywhere. I've even read it in my script. But when I thought it wasn't fair, I felt it on my lips. Let go. I don't want to be the one I think you already know. Oh! 
I truly enjoyed about the blackout era as well was that Britney was experimenting with so many different sounds during the recording process of that album. Again, some stuff from the original doll sessions onto the blackout sessions. And there was a couple of songs that she was really doing. That was really grabbing at your heartstrings. Like there was this one song she had called baby boy. Well, that's a title for it. Um, but it wasn't the official title. It was just titled baby boy. And then there was another one to love, let go that let me tell y'all, honestly, that got me through a breakup before the love, let go was like a song I had to listen to because you could really hear Britney's it's, and that's the song she did with Diva Springsteen shot um, to him. He's actually John Legend's cousin and they wrote that song together. And it's just very simple piano ballad, very heartfelt, very soulful. And you just hear Britney's soul in that song. And of course, I see why it wasn't on Blackout because of how Blackout album is. But that song in particular, To Love Let Go, is a very like emotional song. And you can hear her fighting through trying to get to the other side of the end of a relationship and realizing to love someone, you got to let them go. And I had to listen to that song. That song got me through it sometimes. I'm telling you, it's a really good song. 
And then another song you wouldn't expect for Britney to even record is an Otis Redding cover of I've Been Loving You Too Long. And I was like, oh, what? and we that probably came out a few years ago, the demo. But it's like, yo, Britney was really bringing her soul on this album. And maybe she was just, play, again, just playing around with stuff. Britney normally does that. She'll play around with songs, different sounds, try to grab a... You know, that feeling of what she wants the album to be. And to cover the Otis Redding song, you can hear the soul in her voice, too. That's another thing, too, that I think is Britney's underrated on vocally. You know, you have Nicole Scherzinger that will do her Britney impersonations with the baby voice and all of that. But Britney has some soul to her voice. Even if you listen to Hold Be Closer now and you hear that real Britney voice now, you hear Private Show in the second verse on Private Show. When she says, my encore is immaculate, listen to how she deeps down with the growl. Like, that's that true Britney. Like, you know Britney songs and you know her voice from the Baby One More Time era. A little bit of oops, I did it again. But that's when the switch is starting to happen as far as vocally where the producers and the label wanted her to have that baby doll voice and not so much of the deep, soulful voice that she has. I'm talking even if you listen to Friend About My Broken Heart on the Baby One More Time album. Or even the song that she recorded during those sessions for Baby One More Time. It was a song called Love the Hurt Away that she did with Full Force, who was some R&B greats as well, low-key. And you could just hear she had this soulfulness to her voice. And it got shuttered because it wasn't marketable at the time. And Jive Records thought, hey, maybe you need to do the baby doll just to sell to all of America because you sing and dance. Look at her showcase that she did as well. You can hear she has some soul and some deepness to her voice, but it had to be, again, silence in order to be promoted. She had to do the baby doll voice. just another thing i like about the blackout album as well the era of that album was the songs again that were recorded that didn't make the final cut but there were some great songs like she did toy soldier with sean garrett but her and sean garrett worked on some other great songs too like kiss you all over um they did another song pull out that was a really good song too that Lil John produced that should have been on the album too. That would have been like a great Britney record. A Lil John record, it was crazy. And then also too, there was another song that she did with Danger and Carrie Hilson called "A Song About You." Or it was "Out of This World" was on the Target Deluxe Edition of the album, but it was called "Out of This World." And I love that song. That's one of my favorite songs. It's so mellow, so low key, and I don't think it gets enough shout outs and praise for it because a lot of people didn't really hear it like that. The general public, just the Britney fans, know about that song. Um, and again, just a lot of State of Grace is a great song. Um, another song, too, 
Tell Me What You're Sipping On. Now, Tell Me What You're Sipping On was initially supposed to be on the In The Zone album. It was produced by Tricky Stewart. Of course, he produced Me Against The Music with Britney. He did um, The Hookup. He did some other stuff behind the scenes on the In The Zone album as well. And shot the Penelope Magnet as well. And of course, the little tidbit, I think y'all know this by now, but he produced uh, Umbrella for Rihanna, written by The Dream. Shout out to The Dream as well. He co-wrote On Me Against The Music. That was supposed to be for Britney for the Blackout album. And we see it went to Rihanna. So that's a little tidbit too that we're going to get back in history with this album. But another thing too, like I mentioned, Tell Me What You're Sipping On was supposed to be on the In The Zone album. And In The Zone, she released like a few months after the album came out. It was this DVD and CD compilation she released of In The Zone that had the ABC special on there, behind the music, I mean, some making the video stuff. And what ended up happening was there was a CD that came with it and it had the answer that was produced by Ryan Leslie and Diddy and there was um, Don't Hang Up. And I took some what you're sipping on was supposed to be included on there. Well, last minute before the release came out, they scrapped it. Jive Records scrapped Tell Me What You're Sipping On from the track list. So then, circle back around the Blackout, Tell Me What You're Sipping On was supposed to be on Blackout and they added the rapper AC on there. Well, it got scrapped again, but it's another good song too. That's a really good one. I really like Tell Me What You're Sipping On. It's, again, there are certain songs that bring out Britney's Janet energy. And I always say, people want to say that, you know, Britney and Madonna are close in their comparison and everything like that. And it's just more so because of the shock value, because they both had the blonde, the pop artists and everything. But truly and honestly, Britney is Janet Jackson's daughter. Janet Jackson is Britney's mother. Tell me what you're sipping on. You can hear it all up and through. Even on Glory, if you listen to Just Love Me, I really feel like that could be a remix with Janet on there as well. Her and like she compliments Janet on that song. Invitation, she gives you a, Brit, a Janet vibe. Like there's a lot of songs that she give you Janet vibes. Anticipating. One of my favorite songs from the Britney album. Sounds like All For You. Very Janet. So I just say that to say, you know, she she had her moments with Janet. Um, and that, that That's the collaboration that needs to happen one day for sure. But that's some of my favorite unreleased songs from the Blackout era. When you go bullet. When you go bullet. When you go
that y'all need to take a break. Cause she just wanna argue. Fuck this kid. But can't nobody know it's okay. Taste it and make sure you eat every crumb off the was a complete amazing body of work and it deserves its flowers that has always has gotten this in the rock and, Way, rock and roll hall of fame um as one of the influential albums of all time i'm still mad at walmart and billboard for changing the rules on britney last minute because the album would have debuted at number one on the billboard 200 and it would have continued her streak of consecutive number one albums but when they did that last minute bullshit rule and put the eagles Little Greatest Hits album, whatever they were selling at Walmart at that time, as an Walmart exclusive album, and then they counted those sales, because at the time, Billboard would not count sales that was from retailers, and some bullshit last minute phone call overnight rule changed all that, and they debuted at number one, and Britney debuted at number two. She got her lit back though with the um, Circus and Femme Fatale albums back at number one, but it still fucked up how they changed that rule last minute. So in my mind, Black Eyed is still the number one album on the Billboard 200 chart, damn it. <laughs> um, but it, 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 that whole era was so good though it was so unique it was so different and then compared to other Britney eras where you see where she's you can just tell the difference you know the hair and everything the attitude the i don't give a fuck the random starbuck runs and all that stuff it was just 
it was that the paparazzi the whole that whole time was just so wild scary could we didn't know what was coming and going at that time to be honest like as a fan you were just like holding on to edge of seat like okay what's gonna happen today what's gonna happen today is everything gonna be good like that was britney at her shine though as a young woman really coming to her own like she didn't have time to really come into her own because it's always in the spotlight either by the time she was ready to come to her own as that individual woman she got married and she had kids so she never really got to fully experience her college years just without work and she allowed this album to give her the opportunity to work but still have fun and not really put all her into work like she let the music speak for herself and that's what i love about it so this is this episode of fnl radio where we're giving our flowers to britney's blackout album for sure again an amazing body of work an amazing album still to this day there are some songs so if i had my choice right as far as singles give me more of course was a single piece of me of course was a single break the ice was a single I really feel like Hot As Ice would have been a good single. Oh, let me tell you too. Perfect Lover is underrated too. Perfect Lover is super underrated on this album too. Perfect Lover is really that song. about that song it's something about it <laughs> but um i just wanted to see a video it didn't necessarily have to be a single but why should i be sad could have been a just had a, vis a visual to it this whole album could have a video too like if britney could go back to just be like yo i don't want to do any more work right now i don't release any more albums but i would do a full video album to blackout that's the visuals that we deserve and that's the renaissance that beyonce still bullshitting on right now but if Britney had her moment to just do a full video album and she can just be like, look, I'm just going to pull this album and we're just going to actually just go back and do these videos, that would be the Blackout album. If she just did a tour just based off of the Blackout songs alone and just performed those, I would be here for it. Blackout was such an important album just for me as a young man in college, learning myself, learning my moves and everything like that. Blackout, being a Britney fan for so long, it really was a different way of like, yo, I can actually kind of relate to this now because I'm at the age where I can actually know how these things are experienced in life. And then again, just the impact that it left on music and people were talking shit about that first. They were talking about the process vocals, this, that, and the other. She's too sexual. And now it's like, yo, that one was ahead of its time. And that's why it's still a classic album. That's why you listen to the Black Eyed album 15 years later 
it still sounds so fresh, especially with the new shout to Incredible Lagos again, um, where she just remixed, I mean, remastered the album for Adobe Atmos. You just hear like the timelessness of that album and how it is always going to stand the test of time because it's such a classic album. And then even for the album to start off with, it's Britney, bitch. Like, no, that's the opening line on this Britney Spears album. It's Britney, bitch. Come on now. That line alone is iconic as fuck. It's Britney, bitch. So many times that has been sampled by her and while I am on Scream and Shout, it was sampled by her only her own self on one of the remixes to Mood Ring. I mean, come on. Like, Britney pretty much inspired her own self from the Black Eyed album. I mean, honestly, if you listen to Mood Ring off of the last Glory album produced by DJ Mustard, you can really hear some sense of blackout in there and so again Britney's even Inside Out on Femme Fatale one of my favorite songs that definitely has a blackout element to it so I'm hoping that one day you know when Britney is ready she will get back to music and work with a team that truly appreciates her and when I say that I'm talking again the Neptunes or Pharrell Rodney Jerkins Danger you know, sprinkle some William and Darius, sprinkle a little Max Martin, just for, you know, a little razzle dazzle. But, um, again, just the Blackout album just is just everything. And it's clearly a moment in pop music history. And that's why so many people give us his flowers. And that's why FNL Radio is giving that album his flowers as well for its 15th anniversary. Now, I don't know what RCA Records and Sony Legacy and you know sony i don't know what they're doing they're still playing but it will still be nice to have a little something to celebrate the milestone of this album with at least some bonus songs or something digitally you know on streaming and whatnot and just give the fans a little more insight on the blackout album and again i wish that one day when britney is ready that she would do a like this a documentary or something just explaining the making of the blackout album i know she did again that little interview in the magazine for you back on the 10th anniversary but it would be so dope to just hear and see britney talk about what went into making the album the thought process the producers that were on there having them come on the songwriters having them come on and just really school everyone on the making of such an iconic album like pretty much the pop bible if you will of the past 20 30 years almost so i i um i just hope that happens one day but again blackout such a great album and when britney's ready to return back to music we'll be here for her but right now we have hold me closer with elton john and we have this amazing discography from britney to always live by but I do thank you all so much for tuning in to this special episode of FNL Radio. And it is the season 13 premiere, everyone. I appreciate you all so much for rocking with us for so many years, for 13 years here on FNL Radio. I appreciate you all so much. You can follow me on social media at MrDocMRDOC on Twitter. Mr. underscore DOC on Instagram. The Facebook page, FNL Radio. TikTok. The Doc Report. Um, where else am I at? Snapchat for the side to use it, the Doc Report. And you can listen to FNL Radio and the Doc Report Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Pandora, 
Google. I'm pretty sure I'm missing somewhere else too. But wherever this is your podcast, you can listen to both podcasts, the FNL Radio and the Doc Report. Just search FNL Radio, and we are right there. Also, the YouTube as well. Just search FNL Radio. I'm somewhere on YouTube. You know, they got the new thing where you can look at the handles now on YouTube. So I'm going to fix that up. So make sure I get that tuned in to listen to that as well. But I thank you all so much for tuning in for the season 13 premiere. I, I can't even believe it's been 13 years. Man, goodness, damn it. I'm getting old. <laughs> but to close out the show, because I don't have my right hand one man with me, Monique, aka Bad News Doll, you know we always say when we close out the show don't bust people over the heads with bottles and use your motherfucking words. It's a statement to live by everybody because you don't want to get locked up this holiday weekend. <laughs> but thank you so much, everybody. Stay blessed, and we'll check y'all next time here on FNL Radio. But I'm going to be closing out with, I told y'all, one of my favorite Britney songs from the Blackout era that was not released digitally or streaming, and it's only on the Target edition. But it's a song about you, aka Out of This World, produced by Danger, written by Kerry Hilson. And I appreciate y'all for listening. Check out next time. Peace.